Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Joining us now is uh, a tax expert. His name is Ryan Ellis. He is the president of the Center for a Free Economy, coming to us from Alexandria, Virginia. So you looked at uh, this BLM tax profile. How do you assess it? Well, I'm looking at this primarily as a tax preparer. I'm an IRS enrolled agent. I've run a tax preparation business for over 20 years, in addition to all my work in the conservative movement. Um, I prepare 990s. I run a 501c4, as you said, Center for a Free Economy. I do the first draft of its 990. I am treasurer of the 501c3. I do its 990. And I do 990s for clients. These 990 uh, tax returns are pretty common, and they usually don't have anything terribly extraordinary on there. Uh, I took a look at the Black Lives Matter 990 uh, yesterday and uh, noticed something that if I was taking a look at it. If my board was taking a look at it on my 990 for one of the organizations that I run, if any of my lawyers were taking a look at it, if the IRS was taking a look at it, they would have some questions because there was a lot of, in one year, a lot of investment losses that all of a sudden magically appeared. And I would have a lot of questions about the internal accounting of this organization. All right, so we know that not last year, but the year before, 
21 that the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation bought a bunch of mansions, spent more than $6 million on property in Southern California and in Toronto, Canada, I believe. Okay, But I, I don't see anything where they're using the charitable donations they get because it's a nonprofit, right? BLM, isn't that a nonprofit? It is a nonprofit organization. All right. Any other nonprofit has to do is have to file a 990. That's how we know. Well, about what, what are they doing with the 90 million? What do they do? Do they help anybody? Well, there's a lot of grant listings in there to various and sundry cleverly named organizations. I don't know who they are. Um, one, if I was Sheldon Whitehouse, I might call them dark money organizations. Um, went to them, went to some highly compensated individuals as well. I don't see a lot in the way of actually helping uh, black people in this country or helping with any particular exempt purpose that they were created to serve. Uh, they seem to be created in order to enrich themselves and then spread around some of this enrichment to their friends. I think that's overwhelmingly clear that that is exactly the case. But the IRS is never going to audit them, are they? No. And, and keep in mind, this is the same IRS audit office in Cincinnati, Ohio, that Lois Lerner came out of. Lois how, Lerner, does that work? how does that work, by the way? BLM headquarters is in LA. Why is Cincinnati involved? Cincinnati, there's different IRS offices around the country. The Cincinnati office is responsible for anything having to do with nonprofits. So back okay. about so 10 they, years ago. They handle all the nonprofits out of there. And just to refresh people's memory, there was a woman named Lois Lerner, big shot IRA person who was found to be auditing conservative groups and she was booted, but nothing really happened to her. Now, why do you think the IRS, and this is all public, they know about, have to know about it. Why wouldn't they go in and do an audit? Well, they have plenty of resources, don't they? I mean, they, they just got that $80 billion with 87,000 new IRS agents uh, last year. They're doing a better job picking up the phones, but maybe they could use some of that money to take a look. But why, the why won't they? They should have already done it, but, you know, with Damon's got a million dollars. Uh, from his his former girlfriend, <laughs> it's just come on. I mean, how blatant is that? Why wouldn't they go have already done it? Because the IRS is a corrupt partisan organization uh, that has a jersey on for the Democrats and for the liberals in this country. How That's much influence? How much influence? And you, as somebody who knows the world, does a president have on the IRS? Now, I remember when I was reporting on Fox News about Bill Clinton, I got audited three years in a row. And my attorneys, after the third audit, wrote a letter. It said, we're going to file a lawsuit against you, the IRS, if you continue this. Um, because it wasn't a random, it was a targeted. I was targeted under the yeah. Clinton administration. And that, I mean, I believe absolutely that either Bill Clinton or his major domos told the IRS, you look at O'Reilly, see if you can get something. So how much influence does a president have? Can he pick up the phone and say, you audit this guy, you audit that guy? He's not supposed to legally. That stuff may is made illegal after what Johnson and to a lesser extent Nixon did in the 60s and 70s. But there's the law and then there's the way that the world works outside the law. Is there informal, non-legal political influence that is exerted over the IRS? I've heard too many anecdotes like the one you just said about yourself to believe that that does not exist. It absolutely exists. It's something that is why we need to have an IRS, which is safe, legal, and rare, as Joyce and Elders used to say, and doesn't bother people because it is coming from a particular agenda. It is part of the other team. 
and you do not give extra money and resources to the other team, nor, sadly, can we expect the other team to police themselves particularly effectively. And I don't even know if there's an inspector general of the IRS supposedly overseeing this. Is there? Do you know if there's an inspector general? There's a general counsel's office, but whether there's an inspector general or not, they don't report to Congress. There's actually two... Uh, two congressionally appointed IRS officials, the commissioner and the and the general counsel. That's it. Well, Nobody just, else just this week, a reporter named Matt Taibbi, he's the uh, Twitter guy who went in and, and looked at the Twitter uh, Democratic link. He was audited. I mean, that's absolutely. So, he was so that's they came so to his bl- house. They what? came to his house, Bill. They came, they to, came his to his house. house right. The IRS came happens. to his house. But it's so blatant. I, I've been an enrolled agent for 20 years. That never, ever, ever happens. It's so blatant that basically the Biden administration is saying, we don't care. We're going to violate federal law, target people we don't like, Matt Taibbi, and we're going to go to his house and make his life miserable. But you and say it, that's against federal law. It is certainly against IRS procedure. The idea that somebody comes to your house, that an agent knocks on your door, unless you're the subject of a criminal investigation, which he is not, that is extraordinarily unusual. They claim they were doing some ID protection thing. They don't send people to, I've never once in 20 years heard of the IRS outside of a criminal investigation where they're cooperating with the FBI or another agency. Send someone to your door. That is, there's a reason yeah. they don't do that thing because it would it's, it's I, I believe the federal government's corrupt and it's getting worse. Last question. I don't. I think BLM's going to get away with this whole scam. I think I don't. I know they don't get much money anymore. You'd have to be absolute moron to give them money. They don't get what they got after George Floyd was killed. All right, but I think they're going to get away with everything. Last word. I I think you're right, and you know who's you know who should really remember that the small business owners who are going to get audited with these 87,000 new IRS agents who have- Yeah, they haven't hired those people yet. They got the allocation, but if a a Republican's um, elected, president's elected next time around, they'll rescind that. That'll be, and that's what I'm hoping. Mr. Ellis, thanks very much. So the Dodgers now, uh, because they're in full panic mode, have announced that on July 30th, they're going to have a Christian Faith and Family Day at Dodger Stadium. So, I mean, is anybody buying this? It wasn't on the original schedule. Now, they did do this, to be fair and accurate, which I always am. In 2019, they had a Christian and Family Day at Dodger Stadium. But now they're panicking. And so they're going, oh, don't hate us. We'll have the Christians in. So my question is, are you going to have a Jesus bobblehead? Is that what you're going to do like this on uh, Christian and Family Night? So everybody knows why they're, they're doing this. Um, but what you don't know is that the marketing director of the Los Angeles Dodgers is a uh, gay activist. That's why this is all happening. And when do you hear about Target? I'll tell you about Target after, uh, in a while. Okay, so... The Catholic clergy, largely silent on this. You surprised? I'm not. But there is a Catholic group called Catholic Vote, and they are teed off. Roll the tape. Our organization exists to give Catholics a voice, especially on fights like this, where woke corporations like the Los Angeles Dodgers 
have decided to honor and celebrate a detestable, vile, and perverse anti-Catholic organization. Uh, we have announced a boycott of the Dodgers, but more than that, we can't simply stop there. We are raising money uh, to launch a $1 million campaign starting next week on all L.A. Dodgers-related media. All right, so that group is based in Madison, Wisconsin, of all places, and they're going to put out ads. And when we get the ad, they haven't made them yet. We'll, we'll show you what they're, what they're doing. So at least there's a Catholic group standing up to this. But to counter that, the California Senate in Sacramento says we'll honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence too. The elected senators of California are going to honor this Christian Catholic hate group. All right? So this is a war. Now, this is a war. So we wanted to get the most influential cleric in the United States to come on the No Spin News. His name is Timothy Cardinal Dolan, Archbishop of New York. Okay? The Archbishop, who I know very well, I have a good relationship with him. Uh, I think he's a good man. He's not coming. In fact, he didn't mention it. He's on TV every day. And mentioned it. Then we called the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, run by the Most Reverend Timothy P. Brolio. They didn't even reply. I think that's a little uncharitable there, uh, but they didn't reply. They couldn't even bother to reply. Spring is the perfect time to make smart financial moves like getting life insurance to protect your family. Did you know? that 46% of Americans expect to leave behind debt. Policy Genius Life Insurance can cover those debts like mortgages, credit cards, car loans, college costs. In our Smart Life segment, understand that life insurance gets pricier with age and work coverage may fall short. Policy Genius simplifies by comparing quotes from top companies and ensuring unbiased advice. Their award-winning agents are ready to assist. So don't wait. Spring into action and secure your family's future. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 a year for $1 million of coverage. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes. That's policygenius.com. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. However, we got, I think, the smartest Catholic cleric in the country, and here he is. His name is Bishop Robert Barron. 
He's uh, presiding over the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Minnesota. He is the head of Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. I think that's World on Fire, right? World on Fire? No, it's Word on Fire. It's Word on Fire. Shame on me, because I follow you. I should know that, but I'm delirious. So, Bishop, thanks for uh, stepping up. First of all, your general feeling on this Dodger, now California Senate, honor to this group. How do you see it? Well, well, it's ridiculous. I mean, this was so egregious. that That's why I felt the need to speak up. I did so in, a, in the social media world, on Twitter and so on. But it was such a extreme example of anti-Catholicism. I don't know how the church couldn't respond. So I wanted to use, you know, my social media platform to do it. Uh, that the uh, California state government is honoring this group doesn't really surprise me. I was auxiliary bishop of L.A. for six years, and we dealt with the government out there a lot. Um, you know, anti-Catholicism is indeed the last acceptable prejudice in America. But I think it's time for the church boldly and clearly and articulately to stand up to it. But it's also Christians, not just the Catholic yeah. church. When you have a well, strip show yeah. featuring Jesus and Mary, that's beyond Catholic borders into Christianity itself, correct? Yeah, quite right. I mean, the one that really got my attention was, um, I think it was on Easter Sunday, they had a display where they, they took uh, the figure, it was a living figure, off the cross, and then another person did a kind of pole dance on the cross of Jesus. So here's the most sacred event and object in, in the Christian universe. And it's being, in a public, gross way, mocked about as, as, um, as horribly as possible. Well, how do Christians, I think you're quite right, not just Catholics, how do Christians stay silent in the face of that? You know, Jesus overturned the uh, moneylenders tables in the temple in a righteous uh, demonstration of anger. Um, and that's what I'm doing here in the media. I'm trying to emulate uh, Jesus of Nazareth um, in, a, in a sense that I'm trying to say enough, enough. But when you yeah. have powerful forces like the Senate of California, the Los Angeles Times, which applauds this group, the Dodgers, and on and on and on, and then you have no reply from the most powerful Catholic clerics. They are emboldened by that, Bishop. These people who are attacking Christianity are emboldened by the lack of reply, the turn the other cheek and ignore it, right? Yeah, well, of course, turning the other cheek has nothing to do with, you know, non-resistance to evil. It's a, it's a form of resisting evil. The church should speak up, and it should engage the laity. So what you're doing, I think, is what Vatican II had in mind, that great Catholic journalists and writers and cultural commentators should engage these issues. Under the leadership of the bishops and through the sanctification offered by the sacraments, but all the Catholic laity should be aroused about this. I'll give you an example, Bill. A few years ago when I was out in California, they were making noises about passing a bill that would require priests to break the seal of confession around the sex abuse issues. And um, I remember saying to the, at the bishop's meeting, I think, brothers, we got we to gotta draw a line in the sand here. And so we did. And we roused our own people, and they flooded Sacramento with so many petitions and complaints that they backed down. And I think it proves we can do it when we have the will and we have the focus. 
And this woke business has gotten so out of control, and this is a, a prime example of the church just being knocked around in the public space. But it's not just the priests and bishops, it's the Catholic faithful, the laity, that have to say enough. Okay, but they have to know about it when you have the three most yeah. powerful broadcasters, CBS, NBC, and yeah. ABC, blacking. Were you surprised they didn't even cover this story? No, I'm not surprised by it, no. Do you, think, they're that, anti, do you think those networks are anti-Christian? I think there's an element of that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't make bold to speak too much further about that, but I, I think I'm not surprised to answer your question that they didn't put that in the in the forefront of their coverage. Somehow, it's okay. It's always open season on Catholics. You know, God knows we've been through our struggles, and I, I wrote a book about the sex abuse scandal and all that. Uh, but it doesn't mean that therefore we can never raise our voices in protest, especially when we're being attacked in this extremely aggressive way. Don't you think that the clergy at the top, not just in America, but all over the world, is afraid? I mean, I think I know Dolan pretty well. I, I, with all due respect to him, because I say he's a good man, I think he's afraid. There's no other reason why he would remain silent. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, presume to speak for him. I, I don't really know. Uh, my former boss, Archbishop Gomez, out in L.A., made a statement about this. A handful of other bishops have indeed spoken out. Um, but I, I wouldn't presume to speak for anybody else. Okay. And I understand that. I'm, I'm an infidel, so I, I can do it. Um, two more questions. Sure. I told my audience I would never go to another Los Angeles Dodger game again in my lifetime. But I've reversed it. They're coming in to play the Mets on July 15th, and I'm going, and I'm going to stand up in my section and boo them when they run out on the field. I mean, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm a Catholic laity. That's how I'm going to protest this. Um, and you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I called for a boycott. I, you know, I was out there for six years, a lot of friends in L.A., in fact, I threw out the first pitch at a Dodgers game about five years ago. Love baseball. I know a lot of my Hispanic friends, of course, who are big baseball fans. And I said, I think until we get a formal public apology, there should be a boycott of the Dodgers. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a boycott guy because that's a fascist technique. But I agree with you that individuals should make up their own minds. And why are we giving an anti-Christian team, even though they have the faith and family night, so, I, I, I'm going to try to get convince us, though. Yeah, I'm going to try to get the Jesus bobblehead if I can. And maybe they'll send one to me. <laughs> so, so transparent. It didn't convince us. It was rather no. a pathetic response. How do people get in touch with you, Bishop? A wordonfire.org is a good place to access all the material that I have. And they could, you know, contact me directly that way, too. All right. And uh, full disclosure, uh, the bishop and I know each other and... Uh, I bought him dinner in Santa Barbara, but he didn't eat a lot, so it was good. <laughs> I remember that night. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Bishop. We really appreciate your courage and, and you coming on the program. Thank you very much. George Soros' son, Alexander, shows up at the White House, okay, and he meets with Vice President Kamala Harris. And then Soros, 37 years old, posts the picture on Twitter. So the Soros Foundation has donated $125 million to the Democratic Party in 2022, last year. $125 million. So there's why Kamala is meeting with him. 
the money. But you would think that the White House would have some idea of how vilified George Soros, you can't get further left than this man. He wants to disassemble a whole country. He's the architect of the open border. Soros. And there was Kamala going, oh, hi. <laughs> bad air. Ooh. Went on my house. It was Bad air was on my house. Canadian wildfires. I'm not going to. You got it on your local news. It's all they're doing all day long is this bad air time. All right. 123 million people in America have been affected by this. More in Canada. It's more than 400 wildfires up in Canada. This happens every year, but this is a bad year, a worse year up there. And all the soot in the air, all the smoke is uh, drifted down in the Northeast. Chaos in the airline industry. I mean, they don't need this. They, they can't get the planes off the ground anyway in nice weather. Now they got stuff in the air. It's a pain in the neck. I mean, it is. Um, but... It's, and, of course, Biden is global warming that did this. I, you know, was it global warming when the Iceland volcano erupted in Reykjavik and, and went all over Europe for a year? <laughs> was it? I don't, I'm just asking. It. I believe in global warming. I know the temperature's going up. I don't know why it's going up. I don't know. I don't know why the dinosaurs got wiped out. Some meteor hit them or something. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. But the left is saying, oh, yeah, that's it, right. global warming. Smart Life, if you want to know uh, what the air quality is in your neighborhood, there's an app, Air Now, mobile app. Environmental Protection Agency has put it up. It's a federal government thing. All right, you enter your zip code, your city, and it tells you uh, how good the air is. Okay? Air Now app. As I said yesterday, ask an urchin. I couldn't possibly find it, but my urchins can find it and they'll show it. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or 10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go 
to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Uh, DeSantis goes to the border, Governor DeSantis, down Arizona. And uh, this is a fascinating story. So DeSantis uh, is sending migrants who land in Florida all over the country. You know the Martha's Vineyard story. So recently, recently he sent three dozen migrants, and the state of Florida paid for their flight to California. Now, the migrants themselves have to sign a form and they sent us video, the Florida authorities. They read the form. It's in Espanol. All right. I have to sign it. I want to go to California free on the taxpayer's dime. They get on the private plane and they drop them off in Sacramento. Okay. So the governor of California doesn't like that because it costs California money to house and do everything for the migrants. So it's Newsom the governor of California, against DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Roll the tape. If human beings used as pawns for a guy's political advancement, that's pretty sad and pathetic. And, uh, and so I, I take this very seriously, and we mean business. And so Ron DeSantis should know that. And you can see why some people, when they're coming illegally, a place like California, they give benefits. They give unemployment checks. They do all that. And so you could see why some of those folks were interested um, in, in, in going that direction. So I, down the road, could see a DeSantis versus Newsom presidential race. I don't think it's going to happen in 24, but you couldn't get more opposite guys, which is actually good in a democracy. Uh, my, my take is that uh, Biden has caused immense pain for millions and millions of people by his irresponsible open border policy, which is the worst public policy decision I have ever seen in my 47 years of journalism. To let millions and millions of people in this country, unsupervised basically, it's costing every taxpayer a fortune. So New York City is suing 30 counties in New York State because New York City has thousands of foreign nationals. They have to pay for them. Same thing is going on in California. And they want to ship them out to the rural suburban counties. And, and the counties are going, no, we're not taking them. These are executive orders by the county executive. Suffolk County, where I have a home, the Suffolk County goes, we're not taking them. Don't bring them here. We're going to send them right back to New York City. So uh, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, is suing, city suing all these counties. You see what a mess Biden has created? Oh, it's unbelievable. And the federal government kicked in $104 million, a lot of money, to New York City through FEMA to deal with the migrant crisis. That'll last about three or four months then they'll need another $100 million. Thank you, uh, President Biden. It's all your fault. One man did this.
one man, Joe Biden. Havoc. Havoc. If you vote for Joe Biden again, I, I can't even imagine. All right, new poll by the Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics, TIP, they call it. 1,358 adults. Here is a question. To what extent do you agree or disagree with the following statement? The U.S. military should be deployed to fight the Mexican cartels, stop them from smuggling fentanyl and other deadly drugs into the USA. Military, yes, 61%. Military, no, 29%. do not know anything, 11%. So I've said from the very beginning that uh, the president of the United States should declare the drug cartels and people smuggler cartels are the same in Mexico, terrorist groups, and we just take care of them. Okay? And 61% of them agree with me. And the others, they kind of don't even know, right? Social conservatism, all right, is at its highest level since 2012. Now, most of you didn't know that because the media is all left. That's all we're hearing is progressive stuff from the corporate media. But the folks, according to Gallup, who interviewed 1,011 adults and asked them this question, thinking about social issues, would you say your views on social issues are conservative? 38%. Liberal, 29%. And this is the highest number in 11 years. Why? Because of the backlash. What we talked about up top. The trans stuff, the homeless, the irresponsible border, all of this, Americans are starting to get it. Progressive policies are destructive to you. They hurt you. That's what this poll indicates. Um, Okay. Here's a story you don't know about. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, that's the main federal agency that uh, tracks guns, says that you cannot own a gun if you live in a state that has legalized marijuana and you use marijuana. So you can walk into a pot shop here in New York and buy your little marijuana, whatever, but you can't own a gun. And if the ATF finds out you do, you're going to be charged. Did you know that? Because federal law has not legalized marijuana. And federal law trumps state law. Thought I'd bring that to your attention. Dailychatter.com. Dailychatter.com is our foreign news partner here on the No Spin News. You might want to check that out. Two stories caught my eye this week. Haiti. Okay? Haiti now has a U.N. and U.S. advisory not to go there. Um, In the first three months of this year, at least 850 people have been murdered in Haiti. And it's a small country. I've been there. I was there in a coup uh, where Aristide was overthrown. I was there. It's nasty. Don't go to Haiti. And the Brazilian president... uh, Da Silva wants the rich countries to put more money into Haiti. That's insane. 
Drug gangs control Haiti. The only way that country turns around is if a benevolent dictator runs it. That's it. Other story, Uganda. Now, homosexuality has always been against the law in Uganda. Okay, but now, if you touch another person with the intention of a homosexual act, I don't even know what that means, five years in prison. This is a new law. And you get 20 years if you promote homosexuality. So if you're gay, you don't want to go to Uganda. Again, that's dailychatter.com. It's a good, good place. Straight. Smart life. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now, the truth. Americans now owe $1 trillion to the credit card companies. $1 trillion. Okay, about half of us have debt to the credit card people. You can pay as much as 24% interest on that debt, depending on your card and your circumstance. Okay, so this is a huge problem for you if you're carrying credit card debt, because every month, the debt goes up. 24% VIG, that's mafia. That's mafia rates. Okay? So, what do you do if you're in that circumstance? Smart life. Every time you charge anything, you put the receipt in a bowl in your kitchen or family room or whatever. Every week, you check the receipts and add up how much credit card you've spent, okay? If you go over a self-imposed limit on what you can pay, then you stop using the credit card. So if you have to skimp for the last 10 days of the month, you skimp. Because believe me, you're not gonna get a pass on this. The only way is to declare bankruptcy and then for the rest of your life, you're not gonna have any credit after doing that. You have to discipline yourself. And I know it's deprivation. And that's the problem, that people don't want to be deprived even if they don't have the money to buy what they want to buy. But you've got to do it, or you're going to sink deeper and deeper and deeper, and no one is going to help you. So let's go over the uh, Republican candidates for president. I have not done that yet, and there's enough of them in there now so we can run them down. I'm not going to do the people who have no chance and don't poll above 2%. I just don't have time to do it. I don't waste your time. So Trump is the leader in all the polls, 76 years old. Uh, You know him. He's not going to change. He did a decent job running the country, in my opinion, yet he remains a bomb thrower 
who is divisive. Okay, he's the leader. Uh, Coming up second, Governor DeSantis uh, does not have the charisma that Trump has personally, but ran the Florida situation very well, in my opinion. He did a very good job in Florida. And the proof is that uh, hundreds of thousands of people are moving to his state. And it's darn hot there in the summer. For six months, if you're going to move to Florida, you've got to like that heat and humidity. Um, third, Nikki Haley, former uh, U.N. ambassador, governor of South Carolina. Very smart woman. Um, I'm not particularly impressed with her achievement sheet. But, you know, she's running for vice president. Trump would never put her on the second. But DeSantis might. That's what she's running for. Then we got VP Mike Pence, who's going to do a CNN town hall and is going to announce, I guess, next week um, that he's going to run for president. I don't know who his constituency is. The MAGA people hate him, so he's not going to get any, not going to peel off any votes from Trump. Uh, DeSantis, I think, is a much more um, enthusiastic culture warrior than Pence. So I don't think that the culture warriors are going to go to Pence when they have DeSantis in a race. I don't know who the the vice president is hoping to get to vote for him. Very smart man, very honest man, could run the country efficiently, in my opinion. All right. But I don't see who's going to vote for him. Tim Scott, senator from uh, South Carolina, not a particularly... uh, impressive resume in the Senate, a lot like Barack Obama was. But Scott is an honest man, a great American success story. I believe he has a shot to be on the second. And I think that's why he's running. Knows he's not going to win, but he'd like to be vice president. Okay. And finally, Chris Christie says he's going to announce. But again, who is going to support Chris Christie? So what he's going to do is run for president and just try to destroy Trump because he hates Trump and vice versa. They used to be pals. But Christie, again, like Pence, I'm not sure who's going to vote for Chris Christie in the Republican Party. Who? So neither man has a chance. The the only people at this point in history, and I could change, that have a chance are Trump and DeSantis. That's it. Both have the money. Remember, money is ultra important because most people don't know who Tim Scott is or Nikki Haley. They don't know who they are. I mean, you do because you follow the news, but most people don't. And you got to have money to get that name recognition and ID. All right, now I'll periodically update the Republican sweepstakes. Uh, on the Democratic side, it's RFK Jr. Uh, versus Biden. Um, RFK Jr. is going to do a News Nation town hall, I understand. It, I may uh, analyze that uh, both here and on News Nation. I don't see RFK Jr. at this point challenging the Democratic establishment. But as I've said, I don't think Biden's going to run again. But it wouldn't default to Bobby Kennedy Jr. Okay. I don't know who Michelle Obama keeps rattling around in my mind. But I don't know. All right, here is the final thought of the day. So last week I uh, was rummaging through my old pictures and and documents and I came across my water safety instructor's card from 1966. So I got a letter after we showed that from Kit Lindsay, Warrensburg, Missouri. Bill, please tell a lifeguard story. I love seeing your water safety instructor card. I had one too. 
That was a hard test to pass. You bet it was. I couldn't pass it now. Although I just got a new dive mask and stuff. I can still, I'm still okay in the water, but I couldn't pass that test now. So here's, here's the story. So I'm teaching little kids to swim in the town of Babylon on Long Island, okay? And uh, I had the kids in the morning and the adults at night. And the kids were easy to teach than the adults because the adults were afraid of the water. Where the kids weren't, they just had to get the techniques down. So I finished my class, and we're talking about kids 5 to 10 in the class. And then after the class, I was responsible for keeping an eye on the kids um, as they had fun in the pool. And there were other kids who weren't taking the swimming lessons in the pool as well. So I'm walking around my little whistle, you know, okay. And then over I look down 12 feet in the deep end. There's a kid on the bottom of the deep end. And he's looking up like this. And I'm looking down. He's not trying to get up. He's not using his arms or kicking or anything like that. He's, he's just there. Boom, I'm in the water. Okay? Boom, I got him. And I'm up. Maybe eight seconds, probably shorter than that. Now, he hadn't swallowed any water because I hit him in the chest to spit it out. And he's okay. And his mom runs over. Oh, thank you, thank you. I scolded the mother. I said, you got to keep eyes on these kids. Kid was maybe five. All right? You can't just let the kid wander around a pool. He slips in. That's what happened. So anyway, then I just went about my job. And the the woman was nice enough to write a a letter to the pound of Babylon, which probably didn't care at all. But anyway. 20 years later, 25 years later, maybe, I'm signing books in Huntington, Long Island. Guy comes up with a book and he goes, would you sign it to Jack or whoever? I said, sure. He goes, you saved my life. I went, whoa. He goes, when I was five, I was at the bottom of a pool. And my mother told me that you rescued me and put me up to the surface. You believe this? So his mother, who did ask my name and all of that stuff, told him, and he remembered. And then when he became famous, he went out to the book signing. How about that for a story, huh? Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.